It's the helpless damsel in distress from the first movie is now an experienced badass that don't give no shits about your talk back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sendcast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. That's me. And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. That's you. What? <laughs> from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Hello. So um, uh, we're uh, we're going to kind of continue the road trip, although... But where else can we go? You can't... Well, there are many places we could go on Earth, but we're <laughs> not. We can't go on Earth. There's no road. Where we're going, we don't need yeah. roads, right? Um, space. Yes, we're going to space. Space! Space. Space. The final frontier. Space, says the introduction to the Hitchhiker's Guide, is big. Really big. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Bishop! Yes. Bishop! Ah! <laughs> <My> bishop! <laughs> um... So yeah, obviously lots of, uh, lots of, we're going to be covering a lot of the big, big movies today yes. that are in space. Um, the and, franchises, if you will. Yeah, a few franchises. We don't have to go over every single individual movie, but obviously Star Wars comes yeah. to mind. Not, not, not any other franchise that has a bunch of movies and a TV show. <laughs> not that one. That <laughs> one doesn't come to mind at all. Mm-mm. Um, but, uh, Star Wars, uh, it's uh good god how many now how many movies are there there are 11 including uh the clone wars okay so it'll be 12 by the end of this year you know (laughs) there are some militant star star wars fans out there now i'm not talking about the angry ones who bully people off i'm talking about the fans who love it Mm -hmm. who are militant about the clone wars being part of canon and like i saw even saw a tweet about like hey here's a new character that's going to be in a future upcoming and like people were all upset because it's not a new character it's some obscure character from clone wars oh yeah and i'm like guys i didn't know it was i ain't <laughs> ever seen that shit i'm still a star wars fan yeah yeah like there's a sort of a encyclopedia completionist kind of mindset here i'm not a fan of it yeah but i do like star wars i do too they actually on may the 4th me too uh what you're going to say you watched the marathon. I did. Oh, yeah, I did, actually. And I, I watched A New Hope all the way through for the first time in like a long time. Mm. Because you watch that so many times when you're a kid and you just internalize it. Mm. I've got a friend that can literally walk away from the, the, the TV, mm. go make a sandwich, and play the dialogue in his head and come back and be right on, on point. See mm-hmm. that happen, actually. Mm-hmm. But like watching it again all the way through... It's still just as magical, man. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and I totally believe, by the way, we'll get to that movie in a little bit, but Han Solo's character in Solo, a Star Wars movie or sort of story or whatever, totally jives with the New Hope Han Solo. Mm. I think it's it's a perfect continuation of that character. Mm. But he, I paid more attention to Harrison Ford in, in this watching than I had in a while. Mm-hmm. He's excellent in that. I yeah. actually watched... I'm pretty sure some TV station either did a marathon over two days or the same marathon two days in a row. Mm-hmm. But I, over May the 4th, over that weekend, I watched the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, and Force Awakens. Oh, really? So I've seen all of those quite recently. Wow. And I'm 
you know, for the most part, and it's been the first, first time since sinning them that I've watched these, mm-hmm. and I don't even think watching them while sinning them is a true watch. Right. Uh, but they all continue to cement their place for me. Yep. Um, Empire continues to stand out to me as the one with the most meat. Um, and, you know, I, I, the prequels are just... Mm-hmm. And honestly, even even the original trilogy that is special edition now is frustrating for me. Yeah, me too. Um, every moment that some tinker from Lucas from what was it, nineteen ninety eight, ninety seven, ninety seven. Yeah, I can't I can't stand any of that shit. Drives uh-huh. me crazy. Uh-huh. I I feel bad for people who have never gotten to see the versions without that stuff because yeah. I think it stands out even to those people because some of it looks like unfinished CG. I know. I know. A lot of it does. I still, anyway, I still have the uh, original video cassettes. Yeah, the the non. Uh, That's awesome. Do you seriously? Up. Yes, I do. Do you have a VCR? Wow. You want me to show them to you? Yeah. <laughs> but do you have I a VCR? You. No. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Yeah, great interest." No, don't want to see it. Uh, I don't have a VCR currently, but um, but to play those originals, I may just get one at some point. Just buy it's one off of eBay. It probably costs like three hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, I doubt it. Do we know? Is there anything definitive yet on like now that Lucas has sold the rights? Does, did he like? Was it still stipulated that? everything except those or now that disney has bought fox can we not eventually get the og versions on some kind of who's, I don't know, who's holding that up i don't know it, it's got to be him because i think because you sell them now him. you sell to everyone yeah right how bad is the demand for that i don't know i think everybody who owns there, any star wars movies would buy the original is there really a, a thing that he can control on star wars anymore that's my question is that they they are not selling the original non-special edition version yeah but once upon a time he said i will never release them again when he still had the rights mm, yeah. i'm asking can't you know bob Iger go down there and snip snip and <laughs> give us what we want yeah. yeah yeah i don't know it is interesting that they haven't uh they haven't come out with those originals um uh when they could make so much money doing it mm-hmm. i think so. the one that that i watched on tv whatever channel that was I think that was a non-special edition. I don't. I bet you money it wasn't. Because I don't remember the stupid uh, Job of the Hut scene where, like, it's it's CG. Yeah, in the hangar with the Falcon. I don't think that was in the version that I saw. The version I saw. Maybe. Let me ask you this question. This may sound stupid. How how much of a character is space in Star Wars? Hmm. Uh, it. I think it gets progressively spacier. Um, (laughs) especially not as much as a character as it is in Star Trek. Oh, that's that's what that, that's what I'm sort of getting at, right? Like Star Trek, they always feel like there's a sense of this is where we're at. This is how far it's going to take us. This is we're going to another world. But the 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 space part always seemed to matter. And in Star Wars, it it doesn't. It's Mm-mm. it's oh we're at this place now. Oh we're at this place now. It's really more the planets inside the space that really matter. There are some space battles, but there's no sense of like oh wonder or anything about where where we're traveling right, right now. right it's just hit the hyperspeed we'll be there in the next scene yeah 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 and i think in, in the new iteration force awakens and last jedi i think it's gotten a lot more centered in space mm-hmm. uh, part of which is because Starkiller base was floating in space uh part of which is that they didn't have like a rebel stronghold like they do in the uh in in the the original trilogy mm-hmm. right and uh you know last jedi there it's basically all in space except for the stupid fucking casino planet yeah right? 
and and of course the salt planet later on but like they're tracking them through space and fuel and all that bullshit yeah right? i mean it seems more palpable in last jedi than than most star wars yeah, that yeah. the the physical space that they're in matters but uh there's just never been a, a sense to me that you know oh look at we're in this this amazing part of space that you can only see here and now and no there's no like uh there's no worry about the distance except in last jedi with the gas um but uh but yeah it just never it it, it seems almost incidental it's like we've been traveling space for so long at this point that the actual space is not an important part of star wars yeah all the action set pieces i mean hoth tatooine endor uh dagobah like all this the, the, that's racist <laughs> <laughs> i had the exact same thought when i just said that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah all those all those things happen on a planet and i guess they they had to like ground it literally mm -hmm. uh in in reality to to make it you know relatable to to viewers yeah i don't know how many i don't know how many movies actually make space a character i think gravity is a good one yeah yeah um you know and it, it may not even be that important it's just something that occurred to me while we were talking about this since uh you know when we were on the you know the american road trip uh the 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 idea of where it was set was an important kind of thing in the in many of them but some of them not so much it's mm -hmm. like you know like you know what was it daddy's home is in new orleans that has nothing to do with anything right <laughs> yeah yep. um <laughs> still the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. yeah uh but uh yeah uh so when you say cement where they are you you say empire strikes back still comes up aces yeah and a new hope after that return of the jedi i still like more than most but it's the most harmless of the original trilogy um um you know the prequels all suck really like for me yeah okay i mean all right so phantom menace is overall garbage but it's also got duel of the fates i can't I can't have these conversations anymore. I can't do it. I can't do it. What do you mean? I feel like I feel like you're asking me to fuck a bear by telling me, "Hey, at least it has a vagina." <laughs> like Duel of the Fates is awesome. That doesn't make the movie awesome. The movie is trash. <laughs> With a couple of good scenes. My point, bear fucker. My, my, my point is, is that I think there's... I'm not defending Phantom Menace. Jar Jar is awful. Uh, the, the gun gun whole thing is pretty awful. Uh, the pod race, I think, is awful. Now, a lot of people love the pod race. Um, I think if you took those out, you'd have a very good Star Wars movie. Now, and, and when you think about it, those aren't like huge plot points in in the entire well, they movie. are for lucas he's trying to build the mythos of anakin right being gifted yeah and you can do that with a few lines of dialogue when you do that anyway when mom says well there was no father just, yeah. you, know, you just came out yeah there's a baby and midi chlorines and uh i mean there's a chance of a good movie if you cut that stuff out uh, but yeah. i still think the geopolitical trade federation senate 
crap was always destined to bog down every single one of these movies. I agree. I don't mind it that much, but I don't think it's like the worst part of those movies. No. I think Jar Jar and, and the CGI. And well, and, and by the way, they there, there's always been a justification for a character like Jar Jar. I was like, well, the kids loved it. Fuck you. Yeah. The kids love everything. Yes, okay? they do. You can put any fucking thing in front of a kid, and they're like, oh, it's the best. Angry Birds 2. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, when they made the when they made the original Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and all these, uh, they didn't dumb it down for kids. Mm-hmm. They made they made a feature that was for everybody, but it had some adult themes into it and everything, and kids enjoyed it even then yeah you know i mean you don't have to dumb it down and just because kids love it is not a good reason i hate that well there's no reason for jar jar to exist within the movie Mm-mm. right i mean you could say that oh c-3po was comic relief and all that stuff but he functions as a key plot element in the original trilogy mm-hmm. and actually in the later well, uh, well and he's also too. in phantom menace so we don't need another yeah exactly yeah exactly and jar jar does figure just stupidly into the plot and uh i believe is it attack of the clown clones where he's the proxy yeah yeah and and it's like yeah we'll just do whatever the emperor says yep. and and since uh you know uh emperor natalie isn't here we can just you know uh we can uh we can get our get our laws passed that's right yeah uh yeah it's joyless it's a uh, it's joyless for me except for duel of the fates and i like the pod ray scene and phantom menace and and I like parts of Revenge of the Sith too. I, I think too. I think I think much like uh, you know. I mean, I think that the ending of Revenge of the Sith is right. Just getting where we got, how we got to that point, wasn't right. Yeah. Um. And, and you know, that's uh, it's a shame. I I remember watching Revenge of the Sith saying, "Man, I really love this. Too bad the 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 journey here was not." worth it mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, th- I the reason that i'm saying this is i think i i like the prequels better than most people mm-hmm. i actually like attack of the clones i think that's a fine movie it's got less of that uh the jar jar stuff <clears throat> no, i'm kidding and it's got that great uh that count dooku scene at the end um where he's where he's fighting both of the anakin and uh obi-wan so i, I don't know I, th- I think there's more to like in those movies than there is to dislike for me and and Yes, Hayden Christensen's performance is awful. Natalie Portman's performance, especially awful. in the mm-hmm. first one, is awful. fucking terrible. Liam Neeson is awful. Oh, what? he <laughs> makes everyone into a wax puppet. What? Lucas can't. He he deadens any creative art inside of an actor. I like Liam Neeson's in this movie. Deadens any art inside <laughs> of an actor. I'm just saying, Natalie Portman and well, Ewan McGregor comes off better than Natalie Portman, but neither one of them. <laughs> are good in it's that true. movie well, it's, it's, true, it's pretty yeah. clear that natalie portman was 18 and had no had no interest in star wars whatsoever well she was dating moby <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that sure was fun to watch because like at the end of the first day it was like wow he's doubling down on this the second day wow he's tripling down on this third day full apology yeah <laughs> i was wrong yeah I'm like were you drunk for the first too. two yeah. days how yeah. did that happen oh, uh, man. Yeah, man. it is it is really amazing how because we've talked about how hayden christensen is great in shattered glass mm-hmm. uh so we know he has range natalie portman is like all time one of the best yeah. actresses that you could see it, it had to have been tough 
to tone them down so I mean, much. Christopher Lee? Yeah, I thought he was fine. He's boring. Ian McDermott, me Armin's having more fun than anybody else in these movies. Samuel L. Jackson is toned down. Samuel L. Jackson is wooden. Well, yeah. Everyone has turned well, to wood. It's, you know, and there's so many things in there, too. I mean, yeah, you watch the um, the red letter media stuff on the on those prequels and everything. There's, you know, it, it's so true how so many of these act, these uh, times that they act, they're going up against these green screens throughout. It's, it's probably hard to come up with any kind of humanity when that's constantly in your face yeah uh you know cg backgrounds you're not really in the sense that you're not really in the place you don't have the sense of the place that you're in uh you're talking to actors on a set and you think you know you're supposed to be in this big huge palace or something you know i remember george lucas daring people to figure out what was cgi when those (laughs) movies came out he was de- he, this is he would he thought these movies were going to be so big it would usher in digital projection immediately oh yeah. yeah he wanted everybody to have digital projectors when this when these movies came out and and then it was like well you know not everybody has the money you do george you know yeah. we can't just do that uh just because star wars is coming out uh but yeah i remember him saying yeah nobody's going to be able to notice oh my god i mean yoda is is not good in, in this mm-hmm. even as it goes along i mean we're getting into revenge of the sith was what year 2005 2005 and i mean cg had come a long way this is around this is after lord of the rings right mm-hmm. so we've we've saw what Gollum could be done right and uh he's he's not looking well good. yeah but this he had also two different effects houses sure. too one was uh was it is it vita or wita wita is it- i say wita um so i'm right <laughs> okay i agree um but, but um i did want to say about yoda he also gets like one of the, i think we send this in the sins videos but it, it drives me crazy as you go through the prequel trilogy by the third one his yoda speak is so off the charts like can't even one sentence say without doing it he, yeah, yeah. meaning that he he wasn't doing that in phantom menace meaning well no less? i guess i'm comparing that whole trilogy to the original trilogy where he did it now and then and it was a quirk whereas it became this thing like maybe it's just the fact that yoda talks more in those movies oh that's and true. literally apparently the character can't say a sentence with the words in order <laughs> but it gets to a point where it feels like we're just kind of winking at the fact that yoda talks funny let's, let's not all we also can't forget because now we're resending this movie um <laughs> we also can't forget like how the movie is has always been vague about how the force works and everything and it's so weird that that someone like Yoda can't figure out that the emperor is, is doing all these evil things. Like, yeah. has he got some sort of like cloaking device that's going on with his force mm-hmm. where it's like, I can't tell that this dude's evil for some reason. Uh, and you know, all these bad things that are happening that could really only lead back to him. Yeah. They're just kind of dunces all the way through. They, these. And they wave they it away with like, uh, well, he's just hidden himself from them or something yeah and i'm like come the fuck on like again original trilogy they're like they're like pulling up to the moon where the ewoks are and luke is like oh fuck there's jedi or sith around i shouldn't have come i've endangered the mission he (laughs) can sense them that far away yeah and it's fucking darth vader he's sensing (laughs) right and uh and 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 so long so for so long we had heard about these jedi getting dying out and they're wiped out in one montage 
It was. It was kind of montagey. Yeah. yeah, it sure was. Yeah, cause... and I'm like supposed to be excited because she's wearing a backpack. <laughs> wearing a backpack uh, because there's like a hundred lightsabers on screen. Yeah, and it's it's instead that's again there are parts of that moment that that do kind of work, but once we get to those overhead shots, it's just noise. It I is. It I is. Can't... And you know you've been built up. I mean, we could fix these prequels if we really wanted to. Yeah, right? I think Toby or Topher Grace did. Yeah. Yeah, he re-edited. Did he re-edit all of them or into one movie? I think he edited three of them into one movie. Oh, yeah. that's awesome! I want to see that. Uh, he actually played those like for friends and family, mm-hmm. he didn't did. he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, and of course by copyright law, he can't uh, yeah. show that to people. Yeah, uh, I mean, in the original trilogy, they built up the Jedi and this society and how almost Star Trekky it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like post, what is it? Uh, like post need or post uh, you know uh, not concerned with wealth and things like that you could really show that in a different way and show the jedi like how they live their lives and stuff like that and why anakin doing what he did is such a deviation mm. but we didn't get that we got like a saccharine i i don't understand because when i went back and watched those ori- original trilogy from the same mind how different they were and how much heart they had and how much story they had yeah there were uh more uh more no people too on the set yeah yeah uh who who shaped a lot of the things like they didn't let lucas go willy-nilly and and once he had all the money and power there was nobody there to stop him from saying hey this is kind of stupid or this is a bad idea or anything like that or hey han really did shoot first right (laughs) nobody there nobody there to tell him no because you're either going to be excommunicated from hollywood or you know just uh just in general just a non-entity at that point has he had anything to do besides lucasfilm has he had anything to do with 2008 on like from clone wars on uh i think clone wars clone wars yeah he was involved with clone wars yeah i think so don't you hate clone wars yeah it's not good yeah but i i, I think a lot of people who love the series that came on oh, on the adult swim great. yeah uh like that movie because of i guess because of what it sets up uh but i i thought it was i thought it was dumb you thought it was dumb yeah yeah it's weird it's such a so lucasfilm put out clone wars right so it it is technically canon right yeah and it happens in between episodes two and three yeah something like that it why did they do this like why did they go animated like it's just such a weird I think it's because decision. it's just easier to just go ahead and and do that other than rather than uh making a full-fledged sci-fi show huh. with good sets and effects and everything it's easier just to animate it i think oh okay no i i'm not even talking about the show i'm talking about the the movie itself it's just such a weird deviation. oh the movie yeah i think it was a sort of like hey this is the thing and we're trying to we're trying to build a universe here yeah yeah and um i remember that movie coming out too and i was like i i couldn't figure out if it was going to do anything or not like when we had trailers for it i was this is still star wars but it was animated yeah yeah and yeah it didn't do anything it didn't do it was like a very minor like they definitely didn't want that kind of money oh okay they wanted way more than that huh um and he again it's just lucasfilm but he hasn't really been super involved with this most recent trilogy right i don't think he's involved at all i think he i think he gave them uh ideas and and he was he was lamenting that nobody wanted his ideas i think outside of a new hope and empire 
I think Force Awakens is my third favorite Star Wars movie. I would agree. That was my one thing I was going to get to before we moved on from Star Wars, and that in rewatching Force Awakens a couple weeks ago, I, I really like it. Now it's great. I think the only real knock is a knock that I think is worthy is that it, it is very New Hopey. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but I also think we stretch a little bit at times to make it more New Hopey than it really is. Really, just the end is New Hopey, right? Yeah, I, I guess you could say gifted kid on desert planet. Again, you know, if you wanted to go down this road, I could find, I can get the couch tomato on it. And we yeah. can find all the similarities. Um, but I really enjoy it. I think a lot of it is Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. Um, both their chemistry together, that, that scene where they get off the planet, both figuring out how to fly mm-hmm. and shoot and whatnot. That's. That's as good as Star Wars gets, that scene right there. And um, and the effects are the polar opposite of the prequels. Like, oh, the yeah. effects look practical. The Falcon looks there are, practical. There are practical. I mean, it's mostly practical. It's yeah. mostly practical, mm-hmm. right? And well, the fucking BB-8 BB-8 is practical. Yeah, yeah. Even, <laughs> even the thing that she eats is practical. That that rising bread thing, oh, whatever, yeah. is a yeah. practical thing. I mean, it just it looks so fucking great. And... I mean the the big set pieces like the fallen Jedi in the in yeah. the desert and all that stuff. The first time that you see the Falcon coming out of that tarp yeah. is spine tingling. Yeah, like he gets J.J. Uh, Abrams. I don't think is mentioned enough as like one of the great directors in, mm-hmm. in America right now because anytime he steps in, we'll talk about Star Trek in a little bit. Anytime he steps in, a movie gets better. Anytime he steps out, maybe, maybe you know, not yeah, so much. Well, this, we're going to find out with Rise of the Skywalker here. That's probably going to cement his reputation one way or the other. And I, I think he's going to stick the landing. I, I, think, I, I, think I agree. I really like his work. Uh, I just don't think he's ever had an audience and critical A-plus hit across the board. I think the closest you can come is Star Trek 2000. Yeah, I mean... Uh, or Force Awakens, maybe. But, yeah. like, unlike... It's not like Denis Villeneuve or anything like that. Right. Yeah. He doesn't have an inception or a prestige on his resume. He's got Super 8, which is really good and yeah. really enjoyable. Uh, and I, I love his move. Again, it sounds like I'm tearing the guy down. I'm trying to agree with you. I think he is one of the better directors working today. And anytime I see his name attached to something, I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, he. it's overstating to say that he saved the Mission Impossible franchise. But he certainly did exceed the mark from john woo you know and really mm-hmm. like put it back into a more realistic sort of universe instead of this hyper stylized doves flying out and slow motion type right. of shit so uh i i, I love me some jj abrams and i fucking love force awakens so much it, it gives me chills every time i watch it mm. and i guess we should mention last jedi i actually watched last jedi with my son for the first time that he had seen it uh a couple weeks ago I got to tell you, man, I like that movie more every time that I see it. Hmm. How many times have you seen it? Probably about four or five now. I think I've only seen it the one time in theaters and then the one time when we send it. Mm. So I probably need to watch it again. There's some shit in there. The whole casino thing is bullshit. Mm Mm-hmm. And the whole fuel thing is bullshit. Mm-hmm. But the stuff around that, I dig. The whole not telling Oscar Isaac thing is bullshit. I still don't understand that. This does make no sense. None. Yeah, they don't even say like she doesn't even later say why she let she kept it. Like we we said it before, like if they had just said we think there's a mole on the ship, 
that's all they had to say yeah but they she just seems to be like ah well you didn't need to know yeah so fuck you (laughs) what does bother me and there's a lot of stuff that i do love about this movie but what does bother me is the the fact that uh, phasma and finn continue their battle to the death after the fucking ship has been destroyed i know exactly (laughs) gotta kill him he's that guy who got away But but there is some great stuff. I really love the ending on the, the Salt Planet. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what they did with Luke. I don't even mind what they did with uh, Space Ghost Leia. Okay. Um, knowing that the Force is such a dynamic concept in these movies, I can totally buy it. I can totally buy Luke's ending. Uh, and it is cool seeing it from you know this perspective of knowing what happens and seeing how different he looks on the Salt Planet than he does. You know, on uh, the training. I ragged on the midichlorians dialogue. Mm -hmm. Would it be so hard to have a line of dialogue somewhere in these new this new trilogy where Luke looks at Yoda and says, boy, the force sure has gotten stronger, hasn't it? And Yoda's like, yeah, new things we can all do or however he says it. No, it wouldn't. I I don't think I as opposed to I I, I like the surprise of it. The surprise that she can come back to life. Yes. I like the surprise that's, that he can force protection. That's too big a leap for me. I need gradual steps. I need... Considering how many have died and just, you know... Why didn't fucking Obi-Wan come back to life? Yeah, that's interesting. Why didn't Yoda come back to life? Why is she the first one that can ever do it? Now, maybe like the her force... corporeal body, basically. I don't know. Back. I'm just saying a lot of the problems I have with Last Jedi could be solved with a couple lines of dialogue. <laughs> that's, that's true. I don't know. I, I don't... I see what you're saying, and it certainly wouldn't detract from anything for me. I don't think I need it, uh, especially with that whammy of the ending. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that telegraphed at all to me. Well, I don't have a, I have a strong feeling that's not going to ultimately be what it was sold to us as. What do you mean? Well, I don't think Luke is going to be in Rise of the Skywalker purely as a Force ghost. Really. If Leia can come back to dead in the middle of space, why do we have to believe he's really gone? The difference between Yoda, Obi-Wan, and Luke is that they became one with the Force, though. Like, they disappeared, right? They didn't get violently murdered. I mean, we've seen Darth Maul come back in Solo, right? You know, I, I think, I, I again, see what you're saying, but I think when we see characters disappear and become one with the Force and that kind of thing, it's different than being violently or otherwise killed and i think that's how leia could maybe come back i'll just i'll bet you five dollars that luke is not just a ghost in this next movie i would love to see him i would love to i don't know how they're going to explain it but i have a very strong feeling he's going to be a physical form yeah i'm down with it i i cannot wait for this Mm -hmm. final thing what's weird about rise of the skywalker is that i don't know if there's if i've seen less build up to a star wars movie that i'm seeing now like people are kind of looking forward to it but i think the oversaturation with rogue one and solo and the disappointment of last jedi i think people are just kind of like yeah i'll go see it because it's star wars people are still marvel and game of thrones drunk though that's true there's too much of that going on right now once it gets closer you're gonna you're gonna have some palpable feeling for that movie mm-hmm. uh and um it'll be interesting to see I, I think i think for sure the oversaturation and and the 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 bad will generated by last jedi 
will dent this one even if it's good mm-hmm. uh so it won't it won't be shooting for all time records or anything like that but i think i think there will be a huge huge you know response for this especially since it's supposedly back quote unquote yeah um we never know how these are gonna go when we start them these you know so we're in space we just talked about star wars for about 45 minutes there Mm -hmm. i think so on to another loaded uh series star trek yeah which i know jeremy can probably talk about more than i've seen all the movies Mm. except for insurrection no you're not missing anything (laughs) um and uh i've seen some of the old episodes of star trek and star trek next generation and that's it i know that uh, what today did they release a trailer for this picard thing that's coming out on cbs uh i saw a teaser trailer a few days ago okay that may have been what you've seen, was, seen going around i'm i'm pretty upset about the way they're choosing to do this cbs yeah right like streaming service where we're going to take our best properties and hide them behind a paywall yeah fuck you man well and honestly it's going to be it's probably going to be the death of CBS's network ratings because if they're going to hide their best shows behind a paywall online service and NBC's not. Is Discovery good, by the way? I haven't from seen From what it. you've heard? I haven't seen it. Now, from what I heard, what they did at the end of the second season, did we talk about this already? Is I don't think so. bad fucking ass. Really? Like, tune out for 60 seconds if you don't want to be spoiled. I haven't even seen the show. Uh-huh. But they... Do like a 990-year time jump into the future at the end of the second season. Ooh. So the third season is going to be anything goes a thousand years into the future. <laughs> that's awesome. That's badass. That's, that's, that's wild. That takes some fucking <laughs> garbage cans. So I want to watch nuts. I'm still in this place where I'm not ready to pay CBS money yet, and I may find other means of watching um but the picard trailer looks good i'm a huge next generation fan mm-hmm. a lot of the reason is picard larange our buddy larange is in a funny place because he started watching the old star trek show he'd never seen it mm-hmm. loved it yeah fucking loved it and then i talked him into watching next generation and he finished season one and he's like i see the potential but i'm still team captain kirk for now and i was like picard is going to win you over <laughs> yeah. and he starts season two and i'm like Oh, crap, I forgot to tell you that they replaced the doctor for season two with this cranky old lady that I hate, and she's there a whole season. But season three, Beverly Crusher comes back. Anyway, I'm I'm waiting for the moment when he goes, you're right. Like, it's going to be most of season three that finally grabs him when that show hits its stride. So Um, how many seasons did it go? Seven. Seven. So season three is really where, because I'm like you, I've watched... A bunch of Next Generation mm-hmm. episodes, but not like in order. And I never like, you know, watched them when they first came out or something like that. But I've seen some like major episodes yeah. of Next Generation, but I've never I haven't seen like ha- I mean, I haven't even seen probably a quarter of the, the series. Well, and this was we didn't have cable and a friend of mine had taped all of these episodes mm. as they aired. And so my last two, three years of high school, every evening I would put in one of these next generation tapes and ah. watched three or four episodes i probably went through the whole collection of tapes five or six times in my entire life wow. i've seen all of this but we're talking movies um <laughs> i did just watch yesterday star trek into darkness okay i'm willing to defend that movie i like that movie a lot i think the movie's real only real problems it has a little bit of i don't want to end itis but mostly it's paying too much step-by-step homage to wrath of khan mm-hmm. uh where we have to have the 
flip of Kirk and Spock at the end, but yeah. it's the same basic scene. Yeah. And we've got Khan, but we try to lie to you for half the movie and tell you it's not Khan. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, if you could strip that away, if you just pretend like that's not a problem, this shit is so good. It's so good. It's, it's so good. Start like start to finish. John Cho gets to shine when he does that threatening thing, and Spock is or not Spock. McCoy's like, remind me never to piss you off. <laughs> Carl Urban is fucking great. Yes, he is. Um, really, in hindsight, and I was one of those that was pretty hard on this movie for basically being Wrath of Khan at times, but I don't think it is. I think it. It's really, really fun. And plus, these movies look so fucking great. I don't feel like I'm watching CG when I'm watching these movies. Mm-hmm. Like, give me the J.J. Abrams sparkly Apple Store Enterprise Bridge every day of the week. Like, I love it. <laughs> Apple Store. Shiny. <laughs> Apple Store. Everyone's beautiful. <laughs> even even Spock. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I just think it looks great. I love the... I love that new ship that um, Peter Robocop Peter Weller uh, oh, yeah. is driving that has like faster than warp capabilities and like the sound it makes when it when it's flying and God the fa- ah I love I love it I love it I even love great. all the stuff at the the Federation headquarters where where he gets attacked and all that yeah stuff. um yeah, yeah this, it works better than I think it used to think it did yeah yeah and the main the only main gripe is that it, it's it's paying too much lip service to Rathacon totally. Star Trek started off their movies in 1979, probably in response to all the science fiction that had taken off at this point. Star Wars had become big. Uh, the, you know, the series ended in what, 66, 67, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Oh, was it that long? Yeah. Before? Oh, wow. Yeah, it had been forever since anything Star Trek had come out. So in 1979, same year Alien came out, um, they came out with this, uh, you know here's here's how we're different we're cerebral and everything and it's it's the first movie is so boring mm-hmm. <laughs> is it really yeah i haven't seen it in forever i know we send it is this about a year or is two ago. this the one where the they find out it's the old usa rocket yeah it's voyager yeah it's voyager 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 with that one of that that old sci-fi nugget where things have been like what like covered up or something (laughs) and the new race has decided to go like planet of the apes and all that or fucking veers uh in uh, captain marvel yeah 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 yeah. um uh and it and it's and it's that it's it's isn't it it's sort of they go into this old ship and 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 i can't even remember i've seen this movie three times and i don't think i can ever remember the damn plot of this thing it's some kind of alien entity that interacted with the vessel and took its name and could kill them and might kill them, but they talked their way out of it at the end, basically. Oh, okay. As I Is this a direct continuation of the series? In the sense that it's the same crew and the same ship and the same timeline, yes. Okay, okay. Because they do reference previous movies from this point forward like in Khan and then obviously with Search and, for Spock yeah. and all that. The point is, is that it was trying to find its way back home or something yeah of that it's like nature. a little kid alien entity yeah. Or something. yeah yeah um and then uh then we get what may be considered still the best of it the wrath of khan comes out after that uh khan had been in an earlier episode of star trek mm-hmm. and then uh and then so he has his own big screen adventure ricardo montalban mm-hmm. who's known for fantasy island at mm-hmm. this point uh but uh man the wrath of khan is still holds up it does it does actually and it's tense as hell what it 
I I have come to a place where I think Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, is the best of the original cast. Oh, I love that one, too. Um, But Wrath of Khan probably has higher stakes, better tension building. Um, It's a little more cinematically shot. Um, it it really holds up. But surprising is how short that shit is. Mm-hmm. You watch Wrath of Khan, really? Yeah, it's under two hours. Wow. Um, but That's yeah, a lot of stuff I also, by the way, we're talking about this age of fans having entitled opinions about movies, and we're going to start in a, a petition to have you redo Game of Thrones, <laughs> or we're going to try and review bomb Captain Marvel on Rotten Tomatoes. Somebody dug up and posted on Twitter um, an open letter to the studio that a bunch of people had paid for before wrath of Khan came out and it was Trek heads. And it was literally, we've heard rumors that you plan on killing Spock at the end of this movie. That would be a very bad decision. And we will not support your franchise moving forward. If you do that. And I'm like, wow, it's, we've always been terrible. Always done that. We've always been terrible as human beings. It's just the internet makes it feel new. And, yeah. and, and guess what happens? They make the search for Spock after that, which yeah. is an awful fucking movie. Yes, um, you didn't like that movie at all? Hell no. Yeah. Oh man. I, but, I didn't know. No, it's, uh, yeah. So like, I, I hate that. First off, it, that great send off. I know you, Spock is a great character. You don't want him to be gone. Mm hmm. But I hate the way they bring him back, and I hate that there's this yeah. so a lot of spiritual mumbo jumbo. Yeah, yeah and and this whole what it's a, a thing that can make planets or whatever is the the Genesis weapon. The Genesis weapon. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and uh. And uh. Uh. It's the Klingons want it. Yes. <laughs> it's it's Christopher Lloyd. Christopher yeah, Lloyd. Christopher that's Lloyd. right. <laughs> Shatner has like an all time Shatner moment. What he's. Is this the one where he, the, like his son dies? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he has that nice. <laughs> yeah. He like falls on the floor, right? <laughs> yeah. The crazy. only good thing about this movie is that they end up in possession of a Klingon bird of prey. That's their vessel at the end of this movie, right. and that's fun to juxtapose that crew into that ship, especially in the next adventure. Which is bonkers and batshit crazy. Uh, but I do like, I always liked that somewhere in here they ended up in a Klingon warship for yeah, yeah, a movie yeah. and a half. Yeah. yeah. The Voyage Home is, uh, uh, yeah, it's batshit insane. And it was, it was a huge box office hit. I can imagine. Uh, yeah. uh, it was either, it was, I think it was number two of 1987. Wow. So you had Leonard Nimoy directed Three Men and a Baby, which was the number one movie of that year. Wow. <laughs> and then I think you had Star Trek uh, Voyage Home was I, I may be wrong on that, but he had I think he had two in the top ten. Speaking of which, who generally directs these movies? I don't re- remember. Well, Nimoy directed uh, Search for Spock four. Yeah, he directed. Okay, he. So maybe I'm getting something. Shatner confused. did five. Uh, Cliff Eidelman did Rathacon and six Undiscovered. Oh, Country. really? Um, I don't know who did three. It may have been Nimoy. And well, I don't Cliff know who Eidelman? Cliff Eidelman. What else has he done? Wait, that might have been the... That, wait, no. That might have been the composer. Nimoy did three. Robert Wise did one. And Nicholas Meyer did... Nicholas Meyer. Did, and he uh, did Rathacon. two and six. Cliff Eidelman was the composer on either six or two. I oh, just okay. got him mis- mixed up with Nicholas Meyer. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you haven't really... You don't really hear much about the directors of these movies until the reboot, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's... Yeah, that's really the first time they went and got a big director because Jonathan Frakes did First oh, he, Contact. Yeah, he did First Contact and and Insurrection, I think. Maybe 
He did a lot of the episodes. Oh, okay. He's directing that's Picard, why. a lot of the Picard episodes. That's why. Oh. Star Trek Four was in 86. I thought it was in 87 for some reason. Star Trek Four was top five in 1986. Wow. But um, we love this movie, right? Star Trek Four? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's I insane. mean, <laughs> it probably doesn't hold up all that great, right? Well, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely like a <laughs> an 80s environmental yeah, save the whales yeah, 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 kind yeah, yeah. of thing like literally george and gracie that's the name of the whales yeah uh, i've probably watched this movie 30 times in my life it's the funniest Star <laughs> yeah Trek it's a movie comedy far it is and we, we get spock get, gets to be even more fish out of water because he's not <laughs> only not human he's also still not spock yet and so he hears a cuss word he says a cuss word and he just he's trying to learn how to interact it's what very is the funny. deal here so he's He's still... He put his consciousness in McCoy's brain. Right. So when he was rebirthed by the Genesis weapon on the Genesis planet, a new Spock grew, but didn't have his whatever the Vulcan word for chi is. And so they had to go back to Vulcan and do that ceremony to take it out of McCoy and put it back in. But he was still off. It took a while for him to get back to his... That is wild. This was my first exposure to to Star Trek, by the way. Oh, my God. So this was, you said 1986. Mm -hmm. So I was like six or seven years old. And... I mean, I hadn't seen the original series or anything like that. Hadn't seen any of the movies before then. This is a an '80s movie based in on Earth, right? And uh, with a little comedic elements and everything. So this was my first exposure to it. So when I saw Spock acting like that, I just thought that's how Spock was. Mm. And I forgot. I mean, I I, I saw again uh, the uh, search for Spock later on, and I knew that that was that was happening. The whole transferring of of souls, but I didn't realize that he wasn't. All the way Spock in in four, yeah. Uh, until just probably about now. <laughs> oh man, I love it! Like when they're crossing the road and that guy gets mad, <laughs> dumbass, and yeah. Kirk is like, "Well, a double dumbass on you!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's a fish out of water, basically. Uh, yeah. By the way, I don't know if we we talked about it, but this is a San Francisco as fuck Star Trek. Yeah, it yeah. sure is. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I don't know if we did that for California, but uh, it's <laughs> That's uh, true. It's yeah. it's probably the least space of this entire. There's not hardly anything in space. Yeah. Right? The beginning and the end. Wow. Can you tell us where they keep the nuclear weapons? uh part five is the abomination out of this group just Uh, stick a fork in your eye yeah final frontier they uh this is star trek versus god god Uh, slash like kirk's brother it's like kirk's vulcan half brother I think he oh yeah like, i don't even remember that think, yeah, what is the deal it's been forever since i've seen they, this. they go off looking for god they find a guy who puts himself off as god and i'm pretty sure the ultimate reveal is he's spock's vulcan half brother oh, really? half brother or kirk's vulcan half i'm gonna look this up it's too good not to i mean the this also terrible. has a this also i remember and i haven't seen it in forever but this i remember also having some some great shatner oh yeah what well, kind of god would do this yeah <laughs> you know is well, that what makes it so bad like why is this movie so bad that's part of it part of it is if you want my honest opinion i don't want to slander anyone <laughs> but i'm pretty sure shatner was jealous that Nimoy had directed, and it had been a hit. And oh. he put his foot down and said, I want to direct the next one. And it was a failure because it was Shatner. Yeah. And he's Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I think that's pretty not, much what it is. He's not known for his directing He powers. had enough clout as the, as the star, and he was pissed enough about Nimoy 
getting to direct before him. I actually think there's documentation about some of this. Like some kind of memoir somewhere. Because they always had a bit of a rocky relationship, Nimoy and Kirk. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, I think it's bad because uh, Shatner was at the helm. <laughs> That's really I all there see. is to it. And then uh, finally we have, uh, out of the original, is uh, part six, The Undiscovered Country. Mm, baby. Uh, which is really, I remember this being really good. I, I And... Like many of these Star Treks, I haven't seen them in forever, but you can probably update us on what it's, this movie. It's fantastic. I saw it two weeks ago. Um, you get uh, all the money in the world playing Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer. <laughs> a Shakespeare quoting. He quotes him in the original Klingon. Uh-huh. Uh, a Shakespeare quoting bad captain who has always wanted to do battle with Kirk. But we are at a peace conference. This is the Klingon moon of energy. Praxis has exploded. And uh-huh. um, they have 50 years or they're going to die out. So they ha- have no choice but to make peace with the Federation. One of the reasons I like this movie above all the other original cast is that it finally gives the Klingons their due. And they're not mm. Christopher Lloyd mm. comic yeah, foils yeah, yeah. from yeah, the yeah. third movie. Um, <clears throat> and so the Chancellor comes and he's going to they're going to send Kirk and and uh, Spock and they're going to have peace talks only after the first night where they have this meal torpedoes come from the enterprise and damage the other ship the klingon ship and then two people in starfleet uniform space uniforms beam onto the ship and shoot the chancellor and and then all hell go breaks loose and kirk and mccoy go over there to try and save the chancellor but he dies then he get arrested and they have to go stand trial on klingon for klingon murder and their defending lawyer is michael dorn playing mm-hmm. an ancestor of Worf from oh, the really? next generation. Oh, wow. Um, they, of course, uh, are convicted. This is a sham trial. Um, and they go to the, the frozen uh, Klingon moon. Wait, maybe that's Praxis. No, that's Ruropente. Uh, I remember <clears throat> the frozen moon. That's like a prison yeah, colony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> while that's going on, Nimoy is now in charge of the Enterprise, trying to get to the bottom of who killed the Chancellor, who framed Kirk for it. And they're obviously trying to stop these peace talks. But Sulu's out there. He's got the Excelsior, the mm-hmm. brand new badass ship. He's a captain. Christian Slater works for him. Yeah, that's um, a, this is the one with Christian Slater, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. yeah. um, oh, he's only in a silhouette in the doorway. For Isn't one uh, scene. Ashley oh, really? Judd in this too? Oh, she may be. She may be. Is she, is She's she definitely even... an episode of Next Generation. Okay, because she and Will Wheaton have a thing, right? <laughs> but she may be in this too. Kim uh, Cattrall is in it. But that's an interesting thing about because this is 1991 when Undiscovered Country comes out, and gener and Next Generation had just started. Um, so that is an interesting uh, connection that they threw in there with yeah. Michael Dorn yeah. and everything. And, I remember uh, this having an, an awesome uh, space battle. I was just going to say yeah. my favorite. Now the the Wrath of Khan space battle is iconic. I, no one's going to fault you for choosing that one where they're both crippled and they go into the nebula and they can't see and they have to kind of think three-dimensionally. It's a fucking classic mm-hmm. Trek. But this is just an all-out great battle because what you have here is the mythical Klingon bird of prey that can fire while cloaked. So the Enterprise is getting shot to hell and they don't know where it's coming from. And then Nimoy, Spock, he figures out a way. What about all those uh, equipment we've been carrying to track gaseous anomalies? That's what. <laughs> that's not, he doesn't say that. Uh, uh, Hora says that. Anyway, love it. Love it, love it, love it. My favorite one start to finish. Really? Yeah. Uh, does it? Uh, where does it rank on all of them? The J.J. Abrams 2009 Star Trek is the top for me. Really? Wow. Even for a Trek head like you. I think that's a better cast than the original cast. I mean, I think so, too, but I, I don't have and the I background that you do. And I am all up chris pine's junk <laughs> i'm serious man as an actor he has charmed the fuck out of me yeah. or blown my mind 
every time out. Yeah. I'm, I am done acting like anyone else is on his level. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think he's really great as Kirk. I love the scene where he takes the, the quiz and he's got the apple. And they're like, oh, the Klingons are firing on us, sir. We should laser our shields. He's like, ah, you'll be okay. <laughs> takes a bite of the apple. <laughs> um, that one is, and I know a lot of pure Trek people think it's too action-y and too mm. slick. I'm just not one of them. Awesome. Um, but this one would be right up there. It's, it's First Contact, 2009 Star Trek, and Undiscovered, Undiscovered Country. Country. Wow. I got to watch that again, then. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's high praise right It's there. good because it has a mystery element. And yeah. most Treks don't care about mystery elements. But they have to like look for clues and try and figure shit out. These, these movies are all so distinct. You know, you've got one that you were saying is, is boring. You've got two that's so action-packed and like almost performance-driven, right? Mm-hmm. And you got three, which is just hot garbage. And you got four that's a comedy. And then five is an aberration, but like, yeah, it sounds like six is murder mystery too. Yeah. Strangely enough, though, once it becomes time for Next Generation to have its own movie, that first one sucks too. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, generations. Yeah, generations. (laughs) Oh, did Shatner direct that one too? No. No. He just insisted he be in it. Oh, oh, that's and right. That's why yeah, David Carson, a <laughs> piece right. of shit, because he didn't want to let. He didn't. He had to pass the torch somehow. <laughs> um, this was one of the early uh, movies. I remember uh, internet people getting uh, like advance word of what happened. Oh yeah, and everything like uh, uh, people were reading the script about how there's a champagne bottle christening the new oh, Enterprise yeah. Yeah. and all that. Um, I remember reading about that back then. Um, and, uh, other than that, I don't actually remember anything about that, except for the, uh, there's a, uh, a thing with Kirk and Picard at the end on a rock. Yep. He goes, yeah. Oh my. <laughs> my uh, Michael McDowell, Malcolm McDowell is the bad. He's trying to let the ribbon hit him. Right. On right, the rock. right. Yeah. 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 Uh, Shatner's supposedly Kirk is supposedly in some kind of heaven where he doesn't even know anything's wrong he's chopping wood with his dog in his montana cabin <laughs> and, one hand. and picard shows up like you have to help me save the day because the script says so uh, yeah it's it's torturous man i would almost i would almost throw this on the same pile with insurrection yeah because i think i think you can watch nemesis i think so too uh i don't think it's great but i think you can watch that oh yeah and enjoy it and certainly first contact is a home run uh but uh, insurrection and generations i i don't have any interest in watching them. generation yeah I mean, I remember enjoying it when I was a kid, which was when I saw it. But uh, yeah, going back to it, I bet it would just be like a, a pile of a pile of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now I, 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 we'll see what if they keep going. If they're gonna ma- keep flirting with the idea of making another one with this, you know, Chris Pine cast, and then Tarantino keeps every six months popping his head up and saying his script. Yeah, is what's still the around. deal with that now? Last I read, three weeks ago, he said, "When I get done with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood." And get that out. I'm going to go back to that script. Wow. Uh, does all the crew from the original uh, series die in Generations? Or is it just uh, Kirk? They're not all on that ship. Um, and no, Kirk is the only one, I think, that dies and gets sent to Ribbon Dream Dimension. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it is. So those original characters, Spock and Bones and, and uh, Scotty and all those guys, they continue living... Yep. During the next generation, well, they're just never. This, yes, yes. It, doesn't uh, Scotty come back for an episode or something like that? In yes. The so does Spock. Oh, really? Yes. And and the man who played Spock's father in the movie, Sarek, oh. comes back in the next generation for several episodes. And 
Nimoy shows up as that timeline Spock in J.J. Abrams' alternate timeline Star Trek. He's playing the He's same still, character. That's okay. Still alive. Okay. I got you. Because in Into Darkness, Spock calls him and says, did you ever face a man named right. Khan? Yeah. He's like, yes, we did. So he's referring to Ratha Khan. And did they... Oh, yeah. They, they mentioned in Beyond that he's he's dead, right? The old Was man. it there a quick yeah, no, there, Yeah, no. It's, it's a, like a memorial thing. Yeah. There's a that's scene right. where Spock finds out and he's all somber. Yeah, yeah. So what makes First Contact great? Oh. Uh, sense of adventure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, sense of adventure and the only movie showcase for picard mm-hmm. uh, because this has the subtext for him as as a character is that he had been kidnapped by the borg turned mm-hmm. into a borg and still has these memories of evil things he did while he was a borg and now the borg are attacking they've gone back in time to try and delete the very existence of humanity that's a great idea <laughs> he's taking it very personally um and there comes that pivotal moment um a line must be drawn here yeah where he, yeah Every conventional wisdom says if we blow up the Enterprise, we win. And he doesn't want to sacrifice that. He wants to beat them his way. And he eventually breaks uh, because Alfred Woodard is a great actress who stands up to him. But up until this movie, none of these Next Generation movies has been any kind of an acting vessel, except Mm -hmm. for maybe Tom Hardy in Nemesis. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think maybe that even comes after this movie. I'm not positive. One of them comes after First Contact. Well, both uh, Insurrection and Nemesis. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But just this, uh, he just, Patrick Stewart just just, blows it out of the water. You just told the A story, because the B story is all the stuff on Earth, where James Cromwell is is getting ready to to go. Let's rock and roll! Yeah, he's the guy that invents warp travel, that catches the attention of the Vulcans, that creates first contact on Earth, that leads to the Federation, and and he's nothing like they expect. (laughs) He's a cranky old drunk who doesn't even want to build rockets. Did, Um, Did they ever have a Q movie? No, no. I that, think that was probably a big mistake on their I agree. part. I what think is Generations cue? probably would have been had it not turned into the William Shatner hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because the, Q was the most notable villain from the show other than the boy. The dude who played uh, Jane's dad in Breaking Bad. John Delancey. John Delancey um, is oh, Q. Oh, yeah. And, what is his deal? And uh, he would always present them with these puzzles and problems. and he was He's all-powerful, omnipotent, omniscient, and he likes to toy with Picard. Interesting. So he shows up, I think, four or five total episodes. Some are better, better than others. But uh, there's one where he offers to make one of his one of Picard's crew members a Q, an all-powerful omnipotent. There's one where he's been stripped of his Q-ness by the Q continuum. Huh. And so he's just a regular dude. And Picard never trusts him. But the the actor, John Delancey, just eats that. Oh, he's character so awesome. Up. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. I like that actor. He's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. he's great. He's also the guy who um uh, at the beginning of the hand that rocks the cradle. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. yeah. He's the guy who, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's the cradle that yeah, gets rocked. He's the cradle. Yeah. Uh, Rock. I don't. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I may have not. I actually may not have seen Insurrection or Nemesis. Now that I think about it. Uh, so what's what makes those horrible? Which one? Well, Insurrection, Insurrection and Nemesis. I don't uh, really remember much about Insurrection, Insurrection. I have almost completely forgotten. Uh, that's the one with F. Mary Abraham. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I saw it once. Yeah. I hated it that bad. I, yeah. I've seen Generations like six times. I don't even know why it's so garbage, because I don't remember Picard being really in it much. No, I don't remember much about it yeah, at all. Yeah. Um, I just remember hating it. I remember uh, I remember with Nemesis, it was surprising that they even came out with a movie, because they. Um, I remember pa- uh, Patrick Stewart coming out and saying, 
you know, right now we're in the middle of a Star Wars era. We should let those movies come out first before we, we try to come out with anything else. But smack dab in 2002, when <laughs> Attack of the Clones comes out, they come out with, with Nemesis. Um, and I didn't see that one. Um, I, but that has Tom Hardy in it? Yeah, you're right. I think it's watchable. For it sure. is. I've Tom Hardy's playing like a clone, younger version of Picard. Mm-hmm. So he's playing... Um, opposite himself supposedly and that's sort of what the romulans are hoping will be to their advantage that their leader guy knows picard from the inside out and but but they're pitted against each other oh right? yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely and uh this is the one i'm almost positive where data runs and jumps off of part of the ship where the hull has been breached and flies through space to the other ship oh yeah and yeah it's a fantastic yeah, yeah. moment yeah. Uh, most of Data's run in these movies is hot garbage with his emotion chip that I really don't care much about. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that was in First Contact. It's wasn't in it? all of them. It well, starts it in, in Generations. Is, is, Jordy's tinkering on it in general. Actually, he's, it starts on the show. They, they, it's mentioned on the actual TV show that there's this emotion chip Jory's working on. Oh. And it works its way into the film. In, in First Contact, he becomes a Borg, right? He does, for yeah. briefly. Yeah. And then it's a total uh, fooled you rug pull audience Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. I forgot about that. Because he's all in and then he grabs her hand. Oh, I was faking. Oh, how the fuck do we know? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, seven years later, they decide to reboot it. And you have the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, uh, which is fantastic. Yeah, I can watch this. This is up there again with Force Awakens as like my favorite of of the entire series too, and it has the same elements. It has like a more toothsome presentation. You know what I mean? Like, I, uh, I love Eric Bana's character, both the way he talks and portrays the villain, but also the the backstory they've given this guy, where he had to watch his planet get destroyed. Yep. And it's essentially using time travel to go back and punish the people who did it. And there's this part where I think it's Kirk. Somebody says to him, you know, Romulus is still there. Your plan is still there. He's like, no, it's not. I watched it get destroyed. Don't tell me what I didn't see or whatever. Like, so it makes sense that he would be doing all this shit. You got Chris Hemsworth in that maybe the best opening 10 minutes of any sci-fi movie ever. Uh, the music is great. Michael Giacchino comes in with the best Star Trek theme ever. Yeah. And then, yeah, maybe Into Darkness is a little bogged down in uh, nostalgia, but but then Star Trek Beyond breaks out the wacky and takes us to this <laughs> distant planet, and uh, yeah. it's just a really fun I remember role. completely thinking there was no way that Beyond would be fun yep. whatsoever, and uh, was proven highly wrong. Yeah, it, Beyond really su- definitely surprised me. It's such a self-contained story. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you could make a, a case that, if anything, Into Darkness is too sprawling, mm-hmm. right? There's too yeah. much going on. And talk about, it, you were talking about the economy of Wrath of Khan being under two hours. I think Into Darkness is super long. Two and it? a half, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's like, a lot of that stuff could have been shaved off. But uh, the the initial one had all that Starfleet stuff and the rise of Kirk and all that. And then beyond became this really just self-supported story of mm-hmm. all, you know the three different groups on that planet trying to t- figure out how to get out well, of it here. gives us bones and spock together for an extended amount of time which is just always going to be magic yep with those characters no matter who's playing them but again i think carl urban is just criminally underrated in these movies because he's he's playing mccoy he sounds like mccoy but he's not doing an impression uh, that's true a, yeah it's com- almost like that kid that plays solo in the solo movie right yeah, yeah yeah he is that character even though he doesn't really look like him or sound like him uh, and anyway. pine is 
180 from Shatner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I love Jayla in this. Sophia Batella has a, has a good character and beyond. And That's Sophia Batella, yeah, right? Yeah, Sophia Batella. And, uh, and then, of course, you can't go wrong with Idris Elba as a bad guy. Well, unless yeah, you cover up his face too much. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And uh, I mean, he's featured, but he the, I don't think the movie's about him, really. Right. No, I agree. I think it's more about well, I think it's about Kirk. I think it's about Kirk coming to grips with what it really means to be a captain. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. In a way, what all the movies are about, but especially that one. And holy shit, you talk about being wrong about the expectations for this movie. I thought that sabotage scene was going to be fucking disastrous mm-hmm. it's so awesome <laughs> yeah it's so awesome it doesn't have any business working no, as well as it does it but it works really really well <laughs> so um, are they going to continue to make these well that's the thing it's up in the air i know tarantino tarantino's project is like a different project it would be right? the, as, as i understand it there was a script written by someone that's not tarantino and there was a script written by tarantino and uh-huh. they're considering making both and both are for this cast interesting tarantino okay. definitely wrote a script for this cast but then there's some contract disputes contract stuff right is what happened with hemsworth and pine the it original was, idea was, too. was yeah. they were going to do another time travel thing to let kirk pal around with his dad because because hemsworth was so Fuck fucking yeah, good yeah. um but yeah i think hemsworth is too expensive now and now they all are so it would be curious to see where they go well, I hope they do keep making movies because this cast is fucking awesome. I know. Yeah, and I, I hope J.J. Abrams did the third one, right? Yeah. No. No, no it was uh, no. Justin Lin. Oh, yeah, Justin yeah. Lin. But he did the first. Uh, Abrams two. did the first. Yeah, two. he did the first two. I Man, I'll watch these anytime they come out. Yeah. I, I want them to make six of them like they did you know, the original series. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably have room for one more big franchise on this one, and that is the Alien franchise. Bum, bum, bum. Um, <laughs> Alien came out in 1979 along with Star Trek, the motion picture, and this is how you make a fucking suspenseful uh, movie. We've <laughs> talked about Alien a bunch on this podcast, but um, but this is probably what motion picture should have been star trek the motion picture should have tried at least a little like not make an alien movie but make something that's like better than that it's space as fuck too yes it is (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking the other day it'd be fun to try and debate and discuss what our favorite uh, spaceship names are in movies Mm -hmm. because there's some cool ones and then there's some lame ones like what is the one in alien you would think i would know that having been the guy that just brought that i know i know it I know it's, it too. It's super well, actually, I know the second one more because they keep talking about it. Nostromo. No. No, that sounds right. The first movie. Yes. Nostromo. Because she gets in a different spaceship at the end, right? Or is she in the same one? No, it's got to be the same one. Yeah. yeah she it, it, it's the same, it's the the same thing that she thing. wakes up in at yeah, yeah, the yeah. beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, how simple is this, right? I mean, you know, you just, you have this... Uh, you know, you have just this alien that they've they've unwittingly brought on board, <laughs> and uh, it systematically it's just a, it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, but, totally. But uh, but uh, it's just um, that movie is just so suspenseful and great, and and then and then the sequel uh, becomes an actiony thing, and it's just as it's it's uh, it's up on par. It's not it's not it's not better than Alien, but it's it's on par it's it's interesting that they went that way in the sequel but, yeah uh but yeah alien so this is ridley scott's second movie yeah 
I didn't realize that. I figured he had done stuff before this. He's so I mean, like pro- a lot of he's stuff. so prolific now yeah. that it seems like he should have made like a ton of movies by this. He point. gave an interview a couple days ago and basically said he's definitely making a third movie in his Alien prequel trilogy. Yeah, I saw that, and I almost tweeted. Yay. <laughs> like, who's he making this for? After after Prometheus and Alien Covenant, how many are left? I guess he doesn't read reviews. <laughs> well, I mean, and, you know, more power to him. If he wants to just follow his passions, that's fine. But that's not a movie I would think the studio would be super excited about. Mm. Um, God, those movies are This awful. movie, this, this franchise almost, you know... Well, they tried to do the Mission Impossible thing, right? Because you started out with with Ridley, then you get James Cameron to do the second one. The third one, you get Fincher. And the fourth one, you have Jean-Pierre Junot. And, you know, there was a stretch there where, and the last two aren't great movies, probably because of studio meddling. Yeah. Although, Alien Resurrection is really watchable. Oh, I, I totally <laughs> like Alien Resurrection. Oh, really? I don't. Really? <laughs> uh, it's nowhere It's nowhere near the first two, obviously. <laughs> like, uh, I can't get through three at all. Fincher has said that it's totally, and seems like a guy that would be honest about this. He said it was totally studio meddling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was so studio meddling that he almost didn't do Fight Club because that was Fox. It was the same studio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, An interesting time back then with Alien 3 because Fincher was off. uh, He was a music video director. Yeah. He directed the Madonna Vogue video Mm -hmm. and uh and uh yeah beauty's where you find it yeah that's which why which is a great video that's why you started getting michael bay and mm-hmm. all those because mtv music video directors were like huge yeah like uh, a, a way to kind of get a cheap but experienced person even spike jones when came yeah. out of music videos yeah yeah uh and uh yeah it may is fincher and jones the only good ones that came out of that <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, we got to wait on Hero Mirai. There's probably a few out there that are better than. Oh, the, is that the 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 corollary to Spike? Uh, uh, um, Michelle Gondry. No, oh, yeah, was a, was a music video. What about the uh, girl? Does that Hannah girl, Hannah Lux Davis? Does she make any movies? I think she's made TV, and I, she may have made a movie, but she's fucking everywhere. No, that's why right? I was wondering if she was going to make the jump. Why? Why is the why is Aliens an acceptable sequel to Aliens? I know that Cameron is is definitely on his game at this point. Uh, like, uh, you know, he'd just come off the Terminator. Uh, I got it. Yeah? I got it. I solved it. Okay. Same thing as uh, Terminator 2. It's the helpless damsel in distress from the first movie is now an experienced badass that don't give no shits about your talk back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. isn't Ripley... She's the thing that ties those first two movies. She's together. the one taking charge in yeah. this one, and real and they they introduced the sort and in the first one they kind of hint at the corporate uh, nature that's going on. It's mm. it's I mean I guess it's more than a hint, but it's not it's not as overt as in the second one where you have Paul Reiser. Oh yeah, you know. Oh my God, he is so despicable in this movie. Yeah, yeah. so perfect, perfectly cast too, because he was like a stand-up comedian. Yeah, really, wasn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. The the first one, you don't really understand the corporate nature of everything until uh, until uh, is it Bishop? It's not Bishop. Bishop's in the second. One. No, the Ian Holm character. Ian Holmes. Yeah. Uh, Ash. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ash. Isn't his name Ash? He yeah, might I think be so. Ash. Yeah, it's Ash. All right. All right. Cool. 
Um, it, not until he, until they bust him up that they, you know, he starts talking about like, you know, hey, we meant to bring this thing back and and study it and make money on it and all that. But uh, in, yeah, in Aliens, Paul Reiser is the guy who's like sitting there going, yeah, yeah, we're totally gonna be safe about this Ripley and everything. Yeah, <laughs> what and a stupid such fucking a scumbag. idea. Yeah, he's a he's a scumbag, and I guess. He's kind of overtly a scumbag at the beginning, but you don't know how bad it is until mm. he gets on the ship, right? Yeah. 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 They, I mean, they bring it on board and I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, Ripley is like, you know, we can't keep this thing on board. And, uh, and, and Riser's like, you know, and we have so many things that we need to, to look at into this thing. You know, we just, this is a new species and all that. And, uh, but aliens is more action oriented. It's, it's, remember how we talked about rambo got yeah got that way this is how aliens got yeah but it but it was more acceptable for this to have the there's something about how cameron does this action that's way better than what whoever did rambo the rambo movies later did i think you know it's the not characters. just it's not just action right no the the characters i mean you could say bill paxton's character isn't like fully realized or anything like that mm. But Ripley, I mean, she's she's got all kinds of character arcs. She's scared and traumatized at the beginning. She has that crazy dream sequence, and then like she becomes empowered, and then she becomes maternal, and then mm -hmm. she becomes maternal. Like she's got a very very deep arc yep. in this in this movie, more so than before <laughs> or after. Although it has been brought up, I think we even put it in the Sims video, but. <laughs> the uh the fact that she doesn't have to go down there and flamethrow the no the, no the ship is going to self-destruct yes and <laughs> yeah in, in seconds yeah i mean this is not like she doesn't have like 15 well maybe she does have 15 minutes but she, but doesn't, she have doesn't have, have much time. time and and once she finds newt she needs to get the fuck out of there <laughs> yeah. and that leads to i mean that's you still have another like twenty minutes or so yeah. after that whole because after thing. he does after she does that, then of course the queen comes after her and rips Bishop in half. Yeah, which I remember being. I, I may have told this story before, but I was in uh, I was at Tennessee Tech in a pop culture class, and like uh, there was a uh, we were looking for um, phallic symbols and uh just general symbolism in the movie aliens and of course there's a lot well, from uh, the spaceship alone there's right? spaceship <laughs> there's the way ripley holds a cigarette how the, the ash is like hanging down like a penis uh the, there's the aliens themselves which have the vagina mouths yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, heads. and the penis heads <laughs> and um penis heads and vagina <laughs> and uh and uh and so like when the uh when the alien comes and kills bishop there's these two people who are obviously were talking about this for five minutes before it actually came up but that was soon as the alien kills bishop they were like queen kills bishop <laughs> thanks guys oh nice yeah nice. that was awesome yeah good good for you yeah, that's yeah. Chess humor is the best that's, that's right. right um so uh yeah and i, I haven't seen Al alien 3 or alien resurrection in a long time alien 3 was the first time i saw one of the aliens in a movie theater though me too uh, me too yeah, and we all had the same experience of seeing aliens before Alien, right? I did for sure. Uh, I believe I saw mine in reverse order, so I saw Alien Three, then Aliens, then Alien. Oh, 
Oh, okay. So you didn't even see Aliens before? No, no, no. And then I saw Alien Re- Alien Resurrection. I was working in movie theaters at the time, and uh, just that that movie's awful. Um, and then Prometheus, and man, I feel like there's a great and not to be a pun, but a great genesis of an idea here for that but it's just too abstract and too hard to to handle uh what he's going for well and plus he's ridley scott has now become the action movie equivalent almost of like james cameron right so Mm. he's he's got these great ideas i agree with you but he can't explore because he's got to make time for the actiony bits right and the the gross out stuff and the the stomach uterus bursting shit right yeah and scientists continue just to do stupid shit man yeah like i don't this and of course fantastic four has these had that new fantastic four had all that like hey we're in an alien world let's touch the shit (laughs) with our bare hands yeah let's touch all this stuff why not you know (laughs) and uh and then they wonder why things go wrong yeah um but uh but yeah and then yeah alien covenant god it's a it's a slog and a half i don't even understand that movie yeah Yeah. i watched it like a time and a half just because i i just wanted to see yeah it's confusing i was confused it is confusing it's like you got danny mcbride in there and it's like do we want this to be he's not funny at all Mm -hmm. and it's it's not like he's known for his dramatic chops either Mm -hmm. so Catherine Watterson, God bless her, is is really, really. I think she's trying, but I don't think she comes off as weird in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I just don't. I don't know. It doesn't. I. It feels aimless. These two movies. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe it. Maybe it is, and I just haven't gotten it. But it just. They. They seem aimless. Like there's no. Where are we trying to get to here? Are we trying to get to the fact that oh, this is the origin of the alien? Okay, I don't really need to know that. I don't though. care. Is it uh, Prometheus or is it Covenant where the Guy Pierce character gets killed? Um, it's Covenant because Michael Fassbender is playing two roles. Mm-hmm. No, right? it's the first one because the thing rips his rips rips David's head off and then kills Guy Pierce. Is he in Covenant? I think that's Covenant that you're thinking about, right? No, because they go into it's the, the Fassbender double character is Covenant. Yeah. The- yes, but I'm saying they meet. The big giant gray man at that the is end Prometheus of Prometheus, she, and he rips the android's head off and then kills Guy Pierce Because Rooney Mara brings his head up into the ship at the end of Prometheus, right? Uh, yes, 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 because yes, that's and how she, she flies. Knew, yeah, knew me yeah. rapace. Knew me rapace. What did, what did, he did I say? say? Rooney Mara. Oh, oh wow. I got the girl with the dragon tattoos. <laughs> I literally, tattoos. but I mean, I really did just go right to the face of the girl you were talking about, though. That's crazy. Wow. That is weird. crazy. I never thought about that before. They're very similarly named. Yeah, of course, yeah, man. Um, but yeah, there's really only, what, there's two good movies out of the series. The first two. Yeah. I like Resurrection. It's no Again, it's nowhere near the, the first two. Resurrection is the one with Winona Ryder yep. and Rock, right? No, it's got Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. No, the, not not the Rock. The the guy that was in the TV show Rock. Oh, <laughs> that no, he's in three. He's in three. I mean, he's on the oh, prison. Oh yeah, one. Charles Dutton. Yeah. You're talking, that's the prison one. Is yeah. three? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Resurrection is the one with all the clones. Ripley's yeah. got long hair, and she finds that room of all the de- deformed Ripley babies in the tubes that gave <laughs> uh, me nightmares. Yes. Um, and uh, and yeah, Winona Ryder is that movie's token android. Yeah, 
Jean-Pierre Genet, he did City of Lost Children, right? Yes. Yeah. And did he do Amelie, or was that... Yes. Did, he's got a good record. Yes. He's, yeah. he, I mean, he's, you could say... He's a visually striking director. He's got a lot of good movies on his resume. And that's what I remember most about Resurrection, is the imagery. Like, mm-hmm. he, it looks like he was able to kind of... Do Doesn't it thing. end with her crashing the ship into Earth on purpose to kill her child alien that she loves? Yes, I thought, I thought. I thought. Isn't I thought she jumps down into some like lava or some shit. That's the, three. Isn't is it? that three? I think that's three because she's she's got out. she's pregnant. Yeah, it that's comes three. out right that's as three. She <laughs> <down>. Yes, <laughs> the three or four blend together so much because she's dead at the end of three, and they clone her for resurrection that's uh, correct yeah okay yeah. repeatedly but then she dies again okay. Resurrection. okay repeatedly getting it wrong cloning her yes <laughs> yeah and then, but then there's like some kind of offspring that looks like groot <laughs> right that she's on the ship with at the end there right uh I and think if so. they're like i want to say they have like a do they kiss or something there's some kind of moment there that's creepy and weird right i don't before know the I've, end. I've got to look at it i'm gonna again. have to google it yeah, when yeah. i get home and um, then jerk off to it <laughs> yes <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> I know there are people out there who love Prome- Prometheus and Alien Covenant, though. There yeah. are people out there who are really excited about the prospect of this story finishing and everything, because there are like a there is a whole bunch of meaning that he's trying to convey that I never have really connected to whatsoever. What is it? Like, just the beginnings of life and the 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 origins of all this the mutations of our darkest nature right i mean we're we're led to believe that the alien is sort of a hybrid human slash grease spot thing right like it's the stuff the dude vomits up at the beginning of prometheus yeah yes. and that they've they've put in an incubator of some sort and we're responsible for this species happening Oh, yeah, because he's the proto-human, right? That's the one the mm-hmm. guy Pierce wakes up in Prometheus. Yeah, yeah. But there is a there's sort of that you know philosophical meaning of life type of thing going on mm. with it or whatever. But I I just never have gotten into it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe once he comes out with that last one, maybe all of them will make total sense to me. And- I did like the Fassbender stuff in Covenant. Mm-hmm. Actually, the stuff where he's interacting with himself uh, or his clone. I thought was very interesting. I didn't like the way it turned out, but whatever. yeah, I think they had, uh, and I know we're going back and forth here, but I know that alien three, I think they, uh, they immediately got behind the eight ball on that one because they set it on this prison colony and they were like, no weapons. Yeah. And I remember being 15 going, no weapons. <laughs> the fuck kind of alien movie is this piece of shit? Yeah. No, no weapons. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so maybe a little bit of time to do 2001, 2010, and then we can wrap it up. I'm down with that. Um, we've talked about 2001 a million times, and that movie seems like gets better and better for me every time I watch it. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and it could be, you know, uh, watching that in IMAX was oh, yeah. such a great experience. Uh, that's That's probably part of the reason, but also just... Uh, you know, I, I've talked about the 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 um, the hidden um, uh, enhancement of subtitles that movies and TV shows can provide a mm. lot of times. Because you can go and watch a movie a lot of times and just, oh yeah, I love, I like that movie or I like that show, and then 
you didn't realize some of the things that they were saying and that segment of dude going to the the little the moon base or whatever that base is Mm -hmm. that they go to before they he's he's just telling everybody that you know we can't tell you what's going on on the moon yet that whole conversation like i used to watch it going ah yeah whatever (laughs) and just realize that there was so much more important information going on there than i originally thought what because does it help to clarify the cover-up a little bit yeah because uh i i didn't know it's easy to get a lot of these characters confused so some of these characters look the same to me uh so when that guy comes on and he's like, you know, he's he's talking to those people and the people are like, we hear there's a whole bunch of stuff going on at the moon and whatever. And he's like, he's being very coy. I can't tell you anything about mm-hmm. it. Um, I thought he was, you know, the Care Dahlia, uh, you know, uh, astronaut that got on oh, later Bowman. on. Yeah, yeah. Because I've ne- I, I just I just assumed he was. Yeah, I never yeah, really yeah. paid much attention <laughs> and just didn't realize he's just a he's just a government guy coming up to to give everybody an update about mm-hmm. what's going on and um there's just a lot more more to it that uh, you know in that little section um it is you know what it is helpful to know all that it, because the the dialogue is a little muttered mm-hmm. muddled and all that stuff uh because if you don't know that or not clear on that there's no explanation for Hal's behavior later mm-hmm. on uh you know, it has to translate. It's weird because this movie is three movies in one, basically, mm-hmm. right? You got the apes, and then you got the moon base, and then you got the Hal stuff. And each informs the other, especially, you know, with the significance of the monolith at the end, which I think explains the whole psychedelic trip Earth Baby thing at the mm-hmm. end, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, psychedelic, psychedelic trip, trip Earth Baby. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. my new rock band. That's a great name for a band. <laughs> But, you know, once once it does get on the ship and everything, I mean, that's what everybody remembers. And it's it's and, and of course, everybody remembers the very beginning with the apes and everything. But like that part right there is something that I just sort of let let slide by because of the dialogue being muffled and, mm-hmm. and just like, I, I don't really need to know this. I know that just shit goes wrong when the, when they get on the ship. And yeah, you also get distracted by the visuals and the and the blue Danube, mm-hmm. right? Because you've got, you know, this beautiful Waltz uh, Strauss, I think, is, is who did it. And then those practical effects of the ships, which I bet in IMAX, are just eye-popping. Mm-hmm. Because even just on a regular screen, they're gorgeous. And it was 61, 62? Mm, no, it's 68, 68, 67, 68, somewhere around okay. there. But, uh, but I, I, I got a whole, more, a whole lot more enjoyment out of it, watching it with subtitles, because I finally figured out what that guy was th- there for and what he was doing, and that he wasn't the ast- one of the astronauts <laughs> on, the, on the ship later. Now, 2010, I saw in theaters, and that's the last time I saw Did it. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I saw was- it once like three years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything except Roy Schreider's in it. Yeah, Roy Scheider, John Lithgow, um, who is the girl in that? Uh, or the woman, I guess I should say. The woman. Oh, Helen Mirren, that's right. Oh, wow. And Bob Balaban is in this, too. Huh. This is a good movie. Is it? Oh, yeah. I, I remember it being okay. I, I I mean, and I was, was I seven when this came out? In 1984? Yeah. Um, 
Peter Hyams of Time Cop fame directed this. Yep. And I just remember the <laughs> yes. There's that great scene where Peter Hyams shows his boobs. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, um, uh. I, I don't remember much except the uh, all of these worlds are yours except for Europa or something like that that keeps showing up. And uh, and uh, my God, it's full of stars. My God, it's full of stars. Yeah, that's how, what is it? Uh, he trans, uh, It's Bowman. So Bowman shows back up. Mm. He's become incorporeal, right? As, as the star child. I call it space baby or whatever, or earth baby. Um, and so he's able, he lives within the monolith. I believe. And he's able to transmit his being to different places, mm-hmm. including his wife and all that stuff. And he visits, you know, these guys that are going out to pull the the ship back um, to see what happened on Jupiter, basically, mm-hmm. because they don't know what happened. And uh, so he's interacting with them. And I think he's the one that sends that message back to Earth. Oh, yeah. And then the monoliths start like multiplying and stuff like that. They're trying to create a new world and try to to uh, to restart life or on a different in a different universe. Uh, it's got obviously not the ideas and the, 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 the craziness that the first one had. It has more tangible action stuff. But it's really, really good. It's also Arthur C. Clarke wrote the sequel, mm-hmm. and that's this is based on that. Oh. They didn't do it at the same time like King. Yeah, did. didn't he end up writing about four or five of these? Oh. oh man, I've only I've read the first one. I haven't read the second one, but I saw the movie. The movie's really good. This is something that's worth revisiting. I'm gonna go. I actually have decided just in this conversation to go back to it because when I saw it a couple years ago, I wasn't giving it any time of day. I was just kind of glancing at it every now and then because it's always been in my mind. For no good reason, as a far inferior movie. Yes. And it may not be as good, but that to me always meant not good. I had the same thing. I had the same thing. I went back and watched it, you know, fairly recently. And uh, because you'd always see this on Blockbuster, you'd always see 2001, which is almost always rented out. And you'd see like three copies (laughs) of 2010. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think it, it made a lot of money. Um, yeah, I don't think he did. But uh, yeah, it's it's very very good, and uh, Roy Scheider's really good in it. John yeah. Lithgow's really good in it. Yeah, he, uh, he ended up writing two uh, two thousand sixty one Odyssey three and three thousand one the final Odyssey. Well, that's interesting because this is uh, subtitled "The Year We Make Contact" mm-hmm. because they've you know in the first one we don't really know what the interaction is with the alien beings, right? It's just the monolith. He goes in and becomes transformed. And that's it. In this one, we actually literally make contact with them through the conduit of the monolith. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I could see this story kind of progressing. And by 3000, whatever, maybe, you know, intelligent life has now been birthed in this new universe. Yeah. So obviously space is big, really <laughs> big. Yes. You may think it's a long way to the chemist, but that's just peanuts to space, <laughs> as Douglas <laughs> Adams wrote um all right uh well that'll do it for this episode uh keep going to uh sincast presented by cinema sins on facebook soundcloud cinema sins twitter uh discord may have to give you a, a uh an invite to that mm-hmm. um uh, there's a bunch of ways to come and uh, talk about this very episode and i'm sure we will be talking a lot about space because we didn't even get through the initial <laughs> list that we thought we were <laughs> because once you get into those franchises 
you really have to go deep yeah. into them and everything and he and and uh the star wars and star trek i mean honestly you could make a whole you could make a whole podcast of yeah, content of of those years and years of, of of content for that yeah so like we tried to condense that into like you know an hour and a half those two franchises well, and we don't we don't always talk about the specific we talk about franchises a lot but we don't talk about the specific movies like i don't think we've ever gone in depth about like search for spock or something like <laughs> yeah, that no, yeah uh or even attack of the clones you mm-hmm. know uh so yeah i'm enjoying this yeah yeah um uh, but we'll be going uh, more into space the next time we'll be trying to get as much space as we can <laughs> into right. this into this motherfucker um i'm gonna fuck the space <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Sherrill. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. How'd you like Booksmart? Uh, really liked it. I think it's a movie that suffers from expectations. Uh. Uh, the movie is so super bad. I mean, it's so, yeah, there's so many things about like actual beats of that movie are super bad. And that's Jonah Hill's sister, isn't it? Is it? I'm pretty sure that girl is Jonah Hill's sister. Okay. Cause the, not Beanie Feldstein, the other one. No the one you just said yeah beanie feldstein the one who's uh the she's jonah hill's sister i'm i, I could be wrong i mean thank god we're not like official right now and, and i'm not fucking anything up if we don't want to use this but oh. i'm almost positive i read that she was because i remember thinking oh one more thing that makes it seem like super bad well yeah she plays siblings jonah hill hmm. there you go pulled that Look out of my you. ass holy shit thank you internet i had no clue about that you know what i'm gonna wait to see this movie yeah because I'm not going to be fucking shamed into seeing an open weekend by a bunch of famous people. They are kind of doing like a. Nah, I, get, I understand what you're saying, but like. I know I'm being a little bit of a, a prickly pear. <laughs> I recognize that. I rec- I, I've never seen anything like that. Like, I have any justification. There's a certain amount of like even Olivia Wilde's tweet. While I want to support the filmmaker, was almost hinting that if I didn't go see it, I don't support women filmmakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's clearly not <laughs> what my life is about. It's not how I make my decisions. Um, and then there were people shaming people who were seeing Endgame for a fifth time to try and get it above Avatar instead of spending that time and money on something original like Booksmart. Mm. I'm also like, hey, banging the gong about original movie ideas for about five years now. No so shit. Yeah. Don't throw that shit in my face. Yeah. 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 I got anyway, I want to see it. I heard it's good. It's, it's, it, is, it's, it is very it's a, good. It's a, it, that movie's a mood more than it's, uh, you know, raucous, hilarious comedy. Um, cause I, at first I was like, okay, just a whole bunch of like, let's see how many like, uh, oh, really? The high school girls speak that way <laughs> type of things happening in it. And then once it starts getting into, uh the sort of the the party to party thing that they're doing in this uh i started really getting into it mm-hmm. and it's not uh it's not because it was just so hilarious it was just that i was getting into the story of it and everything yeah um, the story's fantastic and uh there's a guy in here who's in uh santa clarita diet his name's skylar gazondo oh he's he's, the, he's jonah the, hill's sister 
the over <laughs> the over eager guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Ah. And he's a, he's in Santa Clarita diet. He's got he's got excellent comic timing. He is yeah, he does. is um he is so good. Uh I want to see more of this guy, but uh uh he's really funny in it. And there's a lot of just like you know, uh, secondary characters that help this movie out. Maybe. All the secondary characters. And I actually, I, I tweeted about it, but like, I, th- this is like the most casually diverse movie I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Cause nobody's just a straight white person except for Beanie Feldstein, really. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it's like it, gay people, black people, Hispanic people, like it just everybody is a different type of of person mm-hmm. except for maybe uh, billy billy lord is in this uh carrie fish carrie fisher's uh daughter oh wow uh she has some of the biggest laughs of the movie mm-hmm. she's fantastic in i that. had i was that i know that on twitter like everybody w- wanted to talk about the the murder mystery party that they go to oh yeah uh and and i i, I enjoyed that i felt like they could have done more with that i think so too uh, yeah, because they're in and out pretty quick. They're, they're, yeah, they're in and out pretty quick. I, I felt like it would have been pretty awesome if they had explored that and like actually played the game and yeah, all that. They they do make that. That's the you know the drug trippy scene where mm. they're uh, you know they're the claymation characters or whatever, but uh, or the dolls. Yeah, but uh, and it's pretty funny. But I just thought it would have been better if they like just gone full bore into that murder mystery party. There's uh, uh, one of the funniest parts. I'm not gonna spoil it for Jeremy, but. One of the funniest parts is one character's uh, interpretation of uh, "You Ought to Know" at karaoke. Oh God, that is great! <laughs> I heard the karaoke was funny. I laughed at my ass off at this movie. I thought it was awesome. That's like one of my favorite movies that I've seen this year. All right, yeah. All right. Oh, so you thought it was hilarious? Oh, he yeah. loved it. I mean, I didn't laugh as much as I would laugh at Superbad. Mm-hmm. And I found, especially at the first part of it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, like as, as soon as it really gets going, like. Yeah, I found it very, very funny. I think Dice was conflicted based on his tweets. Really? He, he, I think his the only tweet I read was something along the lines of, my thoughts about this movie are complicated. I wonder what that means. I don't know. Well, me know Maybe it means he hates lesbians. I think that's what it means. It definitely means that he hates lesbians. Mm, that's uh, and I, that's okay. That's okay. We live in a day and age where it's okay to do that. I'm in lesbians with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know what I caught the other day, which I hadn't seen in forever, is Adventureland. Oh, it's been running a lot. It's good. I love that movie. Yeah. I didn't realize how much I love that movie, but I, I've i never really agreed with you on the Kristen Stewart thing. Like, obviously, she's she's beautiful, but like, and, and not like uh, super attracted to her, but in this movie, besides like the weird distracting hair thing that she's always doing... She is flat out gorgeous in this. Well, movie. she's uh, she's more attractive than the girl they hype up. Yeah, Lisa, Lisa P. P. <laughs> as like Barbie. Uh, I, for, I always forget Martin Starr's in this movie. Oh yeah, man! Um, Fucking Bill Hader and Chris Wig <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I forgot Ryan Reynolds was in this. It's good. yeah. It was the guy? Wasn't it? Uh, it's uh, who was the director? It was the guy who did Pineapple Express, right? Greg Matola, wasn't it? It was Greg Matola. Yeah, he did super bad, didn't he? Yeah. I believe that was it. I think he did Pineapple Express. Uh, is that before or after well. he married Mariah Carey? That's a Tommy Mottola joke there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but that movie rules. Yeah, it's really good. I don't like it because some weird anti-Jeremy part of me is angry about the way it ends, even though it ends the way Jeremy would typically like. The, the, the very ending where he shows up in New York? Well, he shows up and there's like sort of a hint. To, yeah. 
But for the most part, they don't end up together. Not, the story doesn't end with them together. Yes, it does. It does? It ends with him them having sex. In New York? Yeah. Oh, then I must have not watched it all the way to the end. <laughs> it is a very, it is a, a totally a coda at the end. Because they break, like, she leaves, and it's yeah. all sad and pouty, and yeah. everybody's angry. Yeah, and then he goes to New York My uh, only issue on with this movie is, like, halfway through it, I'm like, wait, are they 16? And then they go to a bar and casually drink beer. No, he's like, after college. They're, so like, college age, but they all look 16. They do. They do. They all look 16. Yeah. That scene when she makes out with Ryan Reynolds, I, I don't know exactly how uncomfortable they wanted it to be. It looks like there's a... They're probably... I don't know what their age difference is. It's about but yeah, 14 years. It looks like that. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. Good movie, though. Uh, you know what's, what I like about this movie is Jesse Eisenberg is playing his nerdy role, but not as nerdy. Like, he's suave in this movie. Like, he, you could totally see him getting, you know, the hot girls and stuff like that. Like, he, he dials it back a little bit. Uh, it's not just that nervous stammering thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I like it a lot. That was my recommend if we were going to do a recommend mm-hmm. today. I, uh, yeah, I got uh, Greg Matola. It's because when they all get into these Apatow movies, it gets confusing. But Greg Matola did Superbad and he did Adventureland. But it was David Gordon Green who did That's Pineapple right. Express. Um, oh, and that Halloween from last year. <laughs> yeah. I just watched this movie. Oh, you watched it? Okay, so, okay, so it just came on HBO uh-huh. Saturday. I know we've sent it. I haven't seen the movie yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we haven't all seen it. I- we haven't sent it? Mm-mm. Oh, I know we haven't sent it yet. Um, <laughs> but all I have in my head was that trailer, mm-hmm. which had the hint of a very long tracking shot of murder and mayhem in a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I, I, I see Halloween on HBO. I told my wife, don't, like, after seven o'clock, I'm out. I'm watching this movie. I'm ready. I don't even like horror, but these guys making this movie, I'm hyped. I'm expecting that to open the film. Yeah. Like the, like the one shot. Mm-hmm. It it so doesn't. Oh yeah. It's so. Have you seen it? Uh, I haven't. Have seen you it seen it? Mm-hmm. It's like forty minutes of boring retread. Yep. Crap. And I, I go to Finley from Modern Horrors on Twitter, and I was like, I, I thought this movie was going to be good. And he was like, <laughs> Why? And I said that trailer was awesome. And he was like, No, <laughs> it was pretty terrible. Well, no, it's it it. And well, plus not just not just that, but everybody in the world was saying how good it was. Yeah. <laughs> And then I went to go see it, and I was like, "Ah, I like the ending." Yeah, thought the ending was kind of cool. Uh, so you didn't like it at all? I was frustrated. Honestly, I didn't watch the ending. I got three fourths of the way through, two thirds of the way through it. It took so long for fucking Michael Myers to show up. Oh, really? It's like discount Sir Davos for thirty minutes. Like they, it's like the way they shoot him. It's huh. like a gray-headed balding guy who's never quite in focus. And he murders people in the bathroom and whatnot on this. They show him without the mask. Well, yeah, but not like his face, but yeah, like he doesn't put the mask on until like thirty-five minutes into the movie. Wow, and you didn't like it either. No. What didn't Danny McBride write that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or co-wrote or whatever. He co-wrote it with. Um, well, it may have been with David Gordon. Maybe yeah. David Gordon Green. Wow, that that's annoying. <laughs> I was really. I was so. It was, it's been a long time since I was so hyped uh, for a movie that. It was so, such a letdown. Yeah, it is weird because you had that early critical like lauding, and then after it came out, like everybody pretty much said, "I don't like it." Well, I yeah. went into it like the way I went into it, thinking I yeah. was going to love it because yeah. everybody said such good things about it. But whereas it was awesome, this was not. It's all wordless. McBride is looking at Goggins. Goggins doesn't know that he's looking at him, and he's like, he's putting all this two and two together and everything while this song's playing. 
That's a pretty intense song. And, isn't and it? then it gets to the it's the very it's the next to last episode of the entire series. It was only two seasons. Is that a that's a comedy show though, right? Yeah. Oh, funny. But that but this I mean they had some of their some like I guess serious. This was the most serious moment of the entire. Hmm. I but like that, that song, song played during it, and it's—I was just like, "Oh my god, I gotta have, I gotta have this song." Song rules. We already good, knew that. Yeah. That's why we got you on this Barry podcast. That's right, baby. Big twist. Big twist. Mike has been a podcaster the entire time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I—I I run into every time. I'll sit there, be yelling at the cats about something and and it's like just reverberating around and everything and i walk in here for whatever reason <laughs> and i'm like all right you stay whoa wait a it's minute like, <laughs> <laughs> it's walking into the cone of yeah. silence did you ever watch get smart mm-hmm. at the, it, that was the show that had the cone of silence right yeah, yeah. where he would talk to his wife or partner is it i think no, it's they were partner. i know that in the movie that he um goes into the cone of silence um but i i think it's it's just it, it i'm trying to think how many times he does it though he does it one time where they promote him and he's like oh my god this is the best day of my life <laughs> and i think they can actually hear him <laughs> was that movie any good uh I, I i sort of enjoyed it was it Anne hathaway that mm-hmm. was the like penny i think there's the is his partner uh, i don't know they made a movie with the uh the don adams mm-hmm. uh character that i used to watch it was one of those like vhs uh movies that we had around when i was a kid mm-hmm. and that was i loved it man i loved yeah. the show too you know uh i know i watched the show but uh that was one of those shows that i watched the intro more than i watched the show because the was intro dun, was so dun, fun. Dun, yeah he's going through dun, all these big yeah. hallways and like there's all that weird shit he's got to do to get inside <laughs> and uh and I think they didn't they change the gag every time where he would go walk in and it would either be an elevator yeah, or yeah. he'd fall straight through or <laughs> something else would happen. Yeah, that was a funny ass show. I don't know what else Don Adams did. Neither. Because I, he's probably in like a million uh, movies from the 50s and 60s and shit like that. But he had such a. Would distinct, you believe? A boy scout on voice. roller skates. <laughs> um missed it by that much yeah the stuff he's known for he was uh it's not is not very well known yeah he but, was uh, really good but uh, but Anne hathaway played agent 99 oh that's right yeah yeah i'm thinking he was inspector gadget yeah inspector gadget so i flipped off a panhandler today yeah <laughs> it sounds about right it's the fourth week in a row that he's delayed me and he was talking to this woman in front of me he comes up, I don't know what his shtick is, but he hands you a card, like some kind of placard card, mm-hmm. like a three by five card with Jesus notes on it or something. Right, right. And she turns, I can tell she's looking in her purse. Light goes green. She doesn't budge. I hit my horn once. She starts to go. He stops her. I can't hear him, but the gestures basically said, you don't have to go just because he's impatient. Wow. So I laid on the horn and she finally got flustered and took off. And as I went by, I flipped that motherfucker off. Yeah, I think I think it's it's funny that people think that their shit is so much like like it's not a big deal to hold up ten to twelve people in a tra- in traffic because you have some 
message or need money. That's or, the thing, though. I wouldn't flip off just like a guy who came up to me out of nowhere in a parking lot and asked me for money. Yeah. This is a professional. This is five weeks in a row he's been here. He has the same shtick. He he also he started out annoying me because he's one of these guys who walks right up to your car. Oh, fuck that. And makes you mm. tell him no. Yeah. And that is already a sin of yeah. like society. Mm-hmm. Um, next time, I'm just going to start with the flip off. I don't really care. He's, I don't care if you want to hide behind your Jesus shirt, but you, G- Jesus does not approve of what you're doing in any respect, especially hey, holding up people because you want a few dollars. There's a, there's a sort of a rule too that I have where if I have to stop and another per, if, if a person in the second lane also has to stop for somebody to get out. Oh God. I don't do it. No, me neither. I will block you because the, the communication between me and another car is not going to happen. Yeah. It, it, that other car is going to have to figure it out on their own. <laughs> and there's only, there's only a few times where I will actually do that. If the, if the car that's farthest away is already stopped. Okay. Maybe I'll do it then, hmm. but then, but most of the time it's like, I'm sorry, dude, you have to, especially down by 46th Avenue oh, yeah. where the people that are coming out of that. Time. And I'm like, you could have gotten out the other way. And there's another, in- there's exit, another right? way. Yeah. There's people who try to turn left into that motherfucker too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you could have gotten to the traffic light and turned and gotten into that, into that building. You didn't have to turn right then, right at that spot. Mm-hmm. You know you don't have to do that. Yeah. That's what pisses me off about you, and I'm not going to let you in. No, and honestly, those motherfuckers that are the first, even when traffic's flowing, to be like, I'm going to stop in the middle of the road to let this person turn out. Those people are just as bad as the turnaround. <laughs> well, the, the point <laughs> is... You're trying to be nice, but you're being the devil. <laughs> the point is, you're doing this for one person, and you're screwing exactly. everybody behind you to do mm-hmm. it. And you're also encouraging this person and others like them to do this again in the future you set the precedent because oh well, someone will let me out yeah yeah <laughs> someone true. will let me it's tennessee yeah. someone will let me out yeah they will and i will hate them for it <laughs> even though i have hit 100 once yeah in my life well, hey, you know but we all have to i'm too scared really i'm a, it's, I'm a dude, big weenie dude seriously really? i hit that hundred and i was like okay never again <laughs> yeah i don't do it anymore. i imagine it would be like um that the, that one time I fired a gun, where it'd be like, "Okay, did it? I'm done. <laughs> Hit the brakes. Where's that? Where's that parachute behind my car to slow me down? Uh, I don't want to yeah. go triple digit speeds. Yeah. I'm not Depends. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I don't want to go fast. Flaming lips. Flaming lips. Yeah. Flaming lips. Violent femmes. Same fucking. You thing. know, there's there's so many stories that Wayne Coyne, the lead singer from Flaming Lips, he he. he talks constantly about like all the drugs that they used to do together because she did. Uh, it was uh, Flaming Lips and the Heavy Friends or something like that that she was on. And uh, Wayne Coyne's like, yeah, we used to get naked all the time. Like, Miley would just get naked and go, you know, hang out at the Hollywood sign or something like that. Like, I think it's okay that Liam took a little while to get okay with all that. It it took him a while? They broke up. Oh, I didn't realize During that. all this. They, broke they up were going like- out before then? Yeah. They've been dating for that long? They've been yeah. dating forever then. Like, in fact, when they broke up, the rumors were that, like, the all this hypersexualization and all the drugs and all the pink armpit hair was kind of turning him <laughs> off. All the things that were turning me on were turning him off. Um, when I did the narration for that old town road, uh-huh. I sent it in to the guys and I called it um, 
Lil Nas X and Hot Girl's Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, that's not the case for Jordan Roberts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, But it was with my dad. (laughs) Yes, indeed. I mean, that's that's really the story of all of us, right? (laughs) I'm joking, by the way. That was just a dark joke for the sake of humor. She actually did, I think she did the We Can't Stop video. Oh, really? Um, She's done a Miley video before. That's not the Naked Sledgehammer one, is it? No. (laughs) That's Wrecking Wrecking Ball. Ball. (laughs) I don't remember what the We Can't Stop video was. It was the house party where she's like humping a rabbit and shit. See, it sounds like I should have watched that She's in the pool. Mm. Oh, yeah, you should should definitely watch it. (laughs) That's Prime Miley. I was in the pool. (laughs) 